0: Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy, and I love sharing these conversations with you. Before we get into this week's episode, let's talk about joy. I believe that joy is our natural state and that as we get older, as we interact with other humans, as we have life experiences, we forget about that. We start thinking about all the stuff we should do, all the stuff we quote unquote have to do, and we totally lose touch with our joy. And one way we can think about joy is through optimism and pessimism. I was recently listening to Sean Acor talk about the uh, building your optimism muscle and he talks about he shared that a child who is genetically predisposed to pessimism so that's a thing you we are genetically predisposed to optimism or pessimism i'm pretty sure i was lucky enough to be genetically predisposed to optimism one of my strengths is positivity this is just my jam And some people are born genetically predisposed to pessimism. So they did a study, a child who's predisposed to pessimism, who records as in around the dinner, dinner table, says what he's grateful for from that day becomes an optimist. Same thing happens with an 80 year old human someone who has been grumpy and pessimistic their whole life, when they start talking about what they're grateful for, they become optimists. The brain is changeable, my friends. If you weren't aware of that already, training our brain is just like training any other muscle in our body. If you do a million pull-ups, you're going to get jacked. If you do the work, with your mindset, you're going to be able to change your brain in ways that you want to change it. You're going to get mentally jacked, if you want to call it that. And I'm not really sure if that analogy works, but we're going with it anyway. Gratitude. There are so many different ways to do this practice. You can do the dinner table conversation. I recently made my gratitude practice formal. And by that, I mean I made it part of my morning routine so that I don't interact with the internet until I've written down what I'm grateful for. After I do my gratitude, then I'll do internet things, but definitely, absolutely positively not before. Also, my husband and I have a routine every night, and this this doesn't feel formal at all. We just happen to ask each other, what were your top three things today? Your top three things can be Anything. It can be, oh my God, the way the orange trees smelled when I was biking today. I'm pretty sure that was mine a few weeks ago. It could be, oh, I I caught up with an old friend or I had this amazing speaking engagement or I totally rocked my race. It can be huge things. It can be little things. There's no judgment. Just what were your three favorite parts of the day? When we spend our time knowing that we're going to report these things, report our gratitude and report our top three things, whether we're doing it verbally with somebody else, whether we're recording it by writing, whatever way, it makes each day like a scavenger hunt. So we are searching each day for like, oh, what am I grateful for? Oh, what were my top three things? I wonder if this will make it into the top three things today. So I lead you with that my friends. The brain is trainable. If you are not yet an optimist, you can be if you want to be and perspective matters. Now into this week's conversation with Nikki Bruno. Nikki became a professional coach in 2016 after 15 years as an editor and writer in the book publishing industry. She holds a bachelor's degree in cultural anthropology from Princeton and a master's in teaching and curriculum from the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Nikki's authored several books, and by several, like a ton of kids' books and really random books, this girl is fascinating. She's a Boston-based single mom of two, and she loves scuba diving, international travel, salsa dancing, and helping women know and understand how incredible they are. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope you take magic nuggets from it, and I hope you share those magic nuggets all over social media and with everyone who needs to hear them. Thank you so much for listening. Go forth and be awesome. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Nikki Bruno. Nikki is, are you ready for this? Nikki is a power coach for women. I love that title so much. Welcome, Nikki.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Kelsey. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Right, So let's just dig into, I mean, what is a power coach for women? It sounds like a superhero, is yeah. it?
1: It's totally a superhero. Actually, one of the things that I do to feel powerful, like when I want to be silly and powerful is I have this Viking helmet that I put on. <laughs> I bought it for my kids, um, but it's actually big enough for my own head. So I'll put on this Viking helmet and be like, yeah, I feel powerful. Um so Kelsey, I don't know of another person yet who calls herself a power coach for women. Um, there are multiple coaches, many coaches who call themselves empowerment coaches. Um, and it's definitely similar to what I do, but, and maybe we could get into this a, a little bit later. I'm not a fan of the word empowerment. Um, I'm, I'm about straight up power. And so what I do is I work with women one-on-one and in groups to accept that they have power, number one, accept and admit and embrace the fact that they have power, and then to claim that power and get to know it and live in it and embody it in every single aspect of their lives. And when I talk about power, usually what I'm talking about is internal, natural, personal power. I'm not talking about domination I'm not talking about having power over other people. To some extent, I am talking about influence, having influence over yourself and your internal state, and also over other people. But when I talk about power, I'm talking about there's a Harvard um, social psychologist named Amy Cuddy, and it's what she calls personal power, which she defines as access to your own inner resources, so access to your talents access to your gifts and access to your own voice. So that's really what I work with my clients on is that kind of power.
0: Mm. I love words. And I love that a lot of what you and I do is so similar. We're just, it's like, we're on parallel roads. Okay. Um, Leadership. Where does that, is leadership the same as power? Like the ability to lead yourself
1: I would say that leadership and power are very, very intertwined and related. It's interesting. I haven't thought a ton about that question, which is funny, because before I decided to be a life coach, when I first became a coach, I was a leadership and executive coach. And I think that in order, I I definitely know that in order to lead well, in order to be a good leader what I would define as a good leader, you absolutely have to be able to, to be able to live in and inhabit your own power and to be able to kind of express yourself in a way that is powerful and know what your strengths are and what your assets are because a leader is somebody who inspires that in other people a leader is somebody who inspires other people to rise and to use their inner strengths and their voice and their awesome qualities so I would say if I had to say in a sentence what the relationship is between power and leadership is that it's important to be in touch with your own power in order to be a really good leader
0: Mm. I like that all right, so little, of my I, I know you said we'll get to it later, but I want to get to it now. I'm not a very patient person. What does empowerment mean to you?
1: Okay. So I've we're about words and language. I was a book editor for 18 years before I decided to become a coach. So I'm very, what, very into language. What kind of books? Um lots of different kinds. My My background is primarily in children's nonfiction and in textbooks, English language arts textbooks. So I worked for Scholastic for a while as an editor, and I worked for Prentice Hall for a while as an editor of textbooks. And then I went out on my own as a freelance editor, which I did for 11 years. And during during my freelance business, I worked on books of all kinds, books for adults, kids. Um, nonfiction, fiction, but mostly nonfiction.
0: All right. So I want to hold off on the empowerment for a second, because I want to know what made you switch from editing books to becoming a coach.
1: Yes. I still love being an editor. I love language. I love writing and I love cleaning up someone's writing and helping an author kind of bridge that gap between what they're trying to say and what a reader is going to understand. So I will never not be an editor and I will never not be engaged in language. But the primary reason that I made the switch was because for 11 years, and then multiple years before that, when I was an in-house editor, I was sitting in a quiet place. For most of that time, it was my living room. And I was hanging out with manuscripts. I wasn't hanging out with people. And Crickets. I was hanging out with manuscripts and crickets, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm more person. I'm more about people than that. And so, for a long time, since around the birth of my son, who's six years old, I have been. I have been getting bored of doing that every single day, day in and day out. And it was flexible. Um, having my own business was, of course, and working from home was really flexible. And becoming a mom and um, being able to travel whenever I wanted to, and that kind of a thing. But I changed to coaching when I was ready to do something that would serve humanity, I felt, more directly and, that, and where I could engage in doing what I love doing the most, which is to help people know and understand how amazing they are. Because most people don't. The vast majority of people, inclu- I would include myself, I don't know how amazing and awesome I am. Do you know how amazing and awesome you are?
0: No, I can't. I don't think we can, as much work as we possibly do, we will never truly understand how powerful, how amazing, how incredible we are.
1: I totally agree. And that's what coaches do. Like, like you and I get paid. I pinch myself that we get paid to do this. Mm-hmm. We get to talk to people and mostly listen to people in a way that people unfold before our very eyes and ears as being Amazing and incredible and awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: And when I first learned about what coaching is from a friend of mine, um, I go to a Unitarian Universalist church and I have a friend at church who was an internal coach for Polaroid for several years. And she was telling an anecdote about coaching and my ears just perked up because this was around the time I was like, all right, I'm bored of editing. I want to do something different. So I took her out for coffee and she told me about coaching and I the more I learned about coaching over the next couple months of research into the industry, the more I was like, I need to do, I'm called to do this. This is what I need to do. Um,
0: And that was, that was four years ago and here I am now. Yeah. I think we just missed each other. Okay. Now back to empowerment. What does it mean?
1: Yeah. So empowerment has multiple definitions. And one of the definition is one of the definitions I support which is basically like um, encouraging people to, to inhabit more, more fully their own power. And so it's the, with that definition, it's like an internal process where somebody from the outside kind of catalyzes you on the inside to, to, take, to take your place within your own power. And that's what I do. So to some extent, I could say I'm an empowerment coach. The problem, though, two problems. Problem number one is that another sub-definition or two of the word, if you look in like Merriam Webster, is about investing someone else with the authority to do something. And when you're investing someone else with authority, what that implies is that they don't have the authority to begin with. And the kind of power that I work with women on is located on the inside. I believe more strongly than anything I've ever believed that each of us is born with all the power and awesomeness that we need. It's inside of us. It's not, it's not um, conferred on us by anyone else. Like there may be types of authority that are conferred on us by someone else. Like we're voted into office or something. You can't vote yourself into office, at least not in our democracy. (laughs) Um, But the kind of power that that I work on women with is the kind of power that they're born with. And so I don't ever want to see myself as someone who gives power to someone else. I'm not the one who has the power. What Mm -hmm. I do is I help women to discover their own power, to tap, in, to tap into their own power, and I don't have it. It's not, it's not mine, it's theirs. So I have an issue with um, some of those sub-definitions of the word empowerment, because it implies that power comes from the outside, and I think that's crap. The other reason, that problem that I have with the word empowerment is that it's overused. It is so overused, Kelsey. I hear people from lots of different industries who I feel have co-opted the word empowerment, which is a really important word historically. It's a really important word for women. It's an important word for African Americans. It's an important word for multiple marginalized and underrepresented populations. Um, And for a realtor or an interior decorator. And I don't mean to pick on people in these professions, but when I hear a realtor say it as part of her or his elevator pitch, what I do is I empower people. I empower people to find the home of their dreams. I'm kind of like, pardon the judgment here, please, but like, I'm kind of like, what I want to ask them is what is it that you do that's actually empowering? You know, Like, how are you, are you actually teaching your clients how to fish? Are you teaching your clients how to be realtors or are you finding them a house? Like, and I just have a problem with words because with words that get overused because once they're really overused and people say them without meaning anything because it's a buzzword and they don't actually believe in what they're saying, they're not really living the word the word loses meaning and the word empowerment has lost meaning for me. And I don't think it's direct enough. I don't think it's in your face enough. I think what women need is empower is is power. What women don't need is for other people to be like, here, let me give you some power, honey. Oh yeah. It's like colonization, honestly. Like I associate the word empowerment with colonization and with like Our nation, which is so like we as a nation, the United States, we're very righteous sometimes, often, about the way that we go into another country, for example. And not to say that we're colonizing the country according to the strict definition of colonization, but very often we are not entering a country with the true knowledge about the people who live there and true interest in catalyzing their power.
0: And so that's an association that I have with the word empowerment. Mm. I see that. And, and your example, just about like, here, let me give you some power, honey is just gross. So gross. What I find interesting though, as you were talking, you're like, we're all born with power, and I realize again because I think we've got two word nerds having a conversation right here. So I replace the word power with awesome, and we're, I call it "You're awesome." That's what you're born with, and that's what gets covered up as people should all over you. And I help people clean themselves up so that they can tap back into that awesome. Yes, same thing. Yes,
1: yes. yes. I had this. I don't know if you've seen my website, but on my website, I have this video. It's like my welcome video. And I say the word awesome, like probably 12 times. And I mean, when my mom gave me feedback on my website, she's like, maybe you could donate back on the number of times you use the word awesome. And, um, and Kelsey, I brought, I brought with me to this podcast. I actually have like, um, so one of the coaches that I work with, my, my very first coach who I hired, who I still work with, his name is Mark Cordon, and he's awesome. And our first session was a VIP day session. So we had like six straight hours of coaching in one day.
0: That's a and lot. For anyone feel, who's never worked with a coach, just like, that's a lot.
1: That's a lot. It's really intense. But when coaching is going well, the time goes by like, bam. Mm-hmm. And that's what this session was like. I mean, in six hours or, ha- or however long it was, um, I figured out my mission on this planet, my mission as a coach, what I was gonna call myself. Like, I remember the moment when I said to Mark, like, I think I'm ready to call myself a power coach. And he's like, Yeah, girl, you gonna do that. And part of what we did during this VIP day back in October was I developed this, like, model of awesomeness. So I've got, like, I've got these, like, components of awesomeness, like what you need in order to be awesome and what you don't need in order to be awesome.
0: Are you going to share it with us?
1: I would love to share it with you. Like, Go for it. It's amazing, Kelsey, how, how much in sync we are.
0: hmm
1: Okay, so according to me, the elements of awesomeness, like, here are the things that you need if you're awesome. So like, first of all, you have to, you have to, you have to be valuable and you have to know your value. Like you have to know that you're worthy. And the next thing is that like, you've got to have mojo. You've got like, there are multiple words that like, um, are similar to awesome. And that also imply power. One of them is mojo and one of them is moxie, which is this awesome word that I think is so awesome that I named my daughter moxie. My, yeah, my ex-husband and I named our daughter Moxie, and she has got it, man.
0: Moxie is also a, um, a drink in Maine that my dad grew up loving. Apparently, it tastes like medicine.
1: Yeah, it's gross. It's absolutely disgusting. And I actually, I knew about, when we were discussing the name, I knew about the word Moxie, and I love what it means, but I didn't know that it was a carbonated beverage. I had no yeah. idea.
0: I don't think it gets out of Maine. I think I think your daughter is safe.
1: Yeah, it's maybe awesome.
0: she'll grow up for with a taste for it.
1: She might. I don't know if she's tried it yet, but yeah. I have I
0: think, this. I think my dad just likes it because it's because no one else likes it.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe I'll develop the taste just so that I can be like a dissenter.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So you need Mojo and you need Moxie.
1: Yep. You need mojo, moxie. Um, so in Hebrew, that would be chutzpah. And so like sass, like you, you got to be sassy. So like you're kind of a, you're, you're a force to be reckoned with. And the thing is you don't have to be a loud force to be reckoned with. Like I'm a loud force to be reckoned with, but there are people who are incredibly awesome who are on the quieter side and they're just like walking down the road, maybe not talking so much, kicking absolute and total ass quietly. Mm-hmm. And, that's that's really cool. Um, so yeah, it's like awesome. Awesomeness means you like you have this quality where people notice you and people listen to you when you speak. Um, and then I think another component of awesomeness is that you've got you're unique. Like you've got some kind of a quirkiness. You've got an edge, some kind of an edge um, to your personality definitely uniqueness and everybody has uniqueness and everybody is born awesome. So it's just a matter of like figuring it out or not. Um, and then of course there's power. So like in order to be awesome, you really do have to have like power running through your veins, power running in your blood. Um, and being somewhat in touch with that and having, having an experience of your own internal power. Um, I consider power to be really, really close to like awesomeness. Yes. But also like joy Mm. when you're in touch with your, with with the emotion of joy. um, I think that power and joy are almost like the same thing Um, and power and movement are almost the same thing too, which I would love to like, I'd love to hear your thoughts on because you're an athlete, you know, like the movement of, the movement of your body, you need to have power in order to like move your body. And you see like infants when they're all into their bodies and they're looking at their hands and they're like, um, and they're moving their hands and realizing like, oh my gosh, that thing that I'm moving belongs to me. And then they, you know, and then as you, as you, as children develop, like they discover that like they are in control of that, you know, to a great extent. And that like, that's power. That's like, that's fundamental power, like movement and the energy to, to create movement is power. Um, and then the last, uh, so that's kind of the last aspect. Um, but when I think about awesomeness, like awesomeness is about the ability to create awe in others. It's just a breakdown of the word. So like you can, when you're awesome, you create awe like this amazement in other people by being exactly who you are right now. Exactly who you are right now is awesome. And a lot of people don't realize that. And that's what coaches are for. And that's what self-development is for, um, is to help people discover that or to rediscover it. Because like you were saying, like we kind of get distanced from our awesomeness. And sometimes we have to find our way back. Um, and then, there's here, and then there's what you don't need in order to be awesome. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be conventionally beautiful. You don't have to be like gorgeous in a way that like the paparazzi are following you everywhere you're going. You don't have to cool, have cool clothes. You don't have to have like just the right awesome hip friends. You don't have to be royalty or have like high status in society. Um, and you don't have to be like, you don't have to have a neon sign on your forehead pointing to yourself as being awesome. So in other words, like, you don't have to be a narcissist or like super, super self-absorbed in order to come across as being awesome. You know, kind of like what I was talking about as like people who have this quiet awesomeness about them.
0: So when you're talking about power and joy, this is really interesting for me because power for me, when I, the word power feels very grounding to me. Like, it feels like I feel my feet firmly planted, connected with the earth. Joy for me feels like bubbles. (laughs) And joy for me is like a much higher, lighter thing. And those two can absolutely coexist, and they do. But do you, for you, where do uh, joy and power, where do they, well, just how do they show up together? How do they hang out? I love it. I love it because...
1: I think of joy and power as being so similar that I don't often think about how they're different. And the way that you just described it is really, really cool. That joy is this, the joy involves a lightness and power is more grounding. I think power, I think power can travel. Like I think power can feel heavy and dense and I think it can also be in this kind of light airy and even funny place like i want people who work with me i want my clients to know that i don't take myself too seriously and calling and that's and actually so what you've kind of unearthed here is um maybe part of the issue that people have and maybe discomfort at hearing that i'm a power coach because the word power does have a heaviness to it definitely mm-hmm. Um, And it can come across as being kind of intimidating. But for me, when I'm feeling joy, I feel, I I, I may feel light and airy and bubbly even, but I also feel unstoppable. I feel like, and I feel like nothing can go wrong. And I feel like so much gratitude in that moment and so alive in that moment and so powerful in that moment, like I can do anything. I think joy is, it's got to be, for me, it's the most powerful emotion. Is joy flow? That's a really good question. Can you be in flow without feeling joy? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I don't think that the joy that, I think joy is also, kind of a complex emotion like that joy can be more more heavy as well as more light like for example um, a heavier joy would be the joy of my baby seeing my my child who I just gave birth to for the first time that's not necessarily a bubbly joy joy can also be just like the joy of going with um, last weekend I went with my my cousin who I'm really close to and her daughter to get pedicures And it was so, we were so filled with joy and that was bubbly and light. So in terms of flow, I do think that there's a joy to being in flow, but I'm not sure if it's a bubbly one Mm. for me.
0: What about for you? I feel like it's a forward one and I feel like the power of joy, it feels like it goes forward instead of vertical, instead of the up, down, groundedness and yeah i think when you're in flow i think there's absolutely joy i don't think you necessarily know it at the time but i'd almost say that's the difference between being in flow and in the zone Mm. because in the zone for me in the zone feels more like like you can get in the groove of doing something but you're not necessarily like loving it
1: okay and and so flow how
0: is flow different flow is propelled by joy okay apparently okay that's what just came out of my mouth rad i've never thought about any of this stuff before
1: (laughs) this is awesome this is great
0: okay so i don't think we were recording it when you talked about how people have responded. Not everyone has been super enthusiastic and psyched about you calling yourself a power coach for women. Can you talk about that please?
1: Absolutely. It would be my pleasure to talk about that. So something really fascinating to me and surprising to me that happened when I started announcing myself as a power coach for women was that multiple women around me who I would talk to about it were giving me pushback on the word and giving me pushback on the idea of power as something that I would coach people on. So I've gotten responses to that that are, hey, I'm confused or, hey, that really doesn't resonate with me. That really doesn't land on me well. Um, the people who I know and who know me the best were immediately like, yes, that's what you are. That's what you're going to do. Yeah, I love that. So like my mom, my dad, my therapist, um, my coach were all about it. And that, and and I felt really affirmed and really good about that because like in my bones, that's who I am and what I do right now. And yet there were other women who I went to to a networking meeting literally the day after I had that VIP session with my coach where I decided to call myself a power coach. And it was um, a networking meeting with mompreneurs, so women who have their own businesses or are starting their own businesses. And this was in Boston area. And multiple women, after I delivered my pitch of of who I am and what I'm doing, multiple women gave me feedback that I was kind of coming on too strong or too in their face or that I wasn't showing maybe the kind of compassion that a coach should show and not being as approachable as they might want in a coach. And that was, that was legitimate and honest feedback. And I still really appreciate it. There was also, but I was surprised by it. And there was also a woman who raised her hand and she was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I am your ideal client and I think it's fantastic that you're calling yourself a power coach. So it was kind of this mini like lesson in branding for me that when you Put your stake in the ground, and you proclaim who you are and what you do. You're going to attract some people, and you're going to repel some people. And I now know that it is important to embrace that, and that's a good thing because yeah. it means that you're not going to, you're not trying to attract everyone, and therefore get no one coming to you. Um, but I was really surprised by this because, like, I'm like you, Kelsey. You said that you, your associations with power are like that. It's grounding. That it's like you know, it like connects you to the earth. And it's, and and to me, that's a positive association. Is that, is that fair
0: to say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That you have positive associations with the word power. I too have pos- positive associations with the word power. And I also have a very strong belief and I have a hard time thinking that anyone would disagree with this. I have a really strong belief that this world would be a much better place, that our planet would be a much better place if women had more power, of every kind, inner power, social power, financial, political. every kind of power there is, I believe the world would be a, a better place if women had more of it. Not if they're using it badly, of course, because you can take power and you can, and power can go wrong. But power can also go right. and there are ways all the time, and there are ways that women tend to inhabit power that are sorely, sorely needed in our world. So anyway, um, I was surprised to get some pushback from people who either didn't under, either don't understand what I'm doing or are um, turned off by it, like actually turned off by it. Like I had a close friend who said, if I didn't know you and I saw that there was a person out there who was a power coach for women, I wouldn't even think about hiring you because that word doesn't resonate for me. Like other words, like confidence or resilience resonate for me. And power is something she actually mentioned that she thought it was masculine, that Mm -hmm. if somebody called her powerful, she wouldn't take it as a compliment because she would, she doesn't want to sort of be thought of as masculine. And like, if somebody ever called me powerful and in the future, if
0: somebody ever calls me powerful, I'm going to be like,
1: thank you. Cause I take that as a compliment.
0: That is a compliment that, I mean, that is how I would take that as well. You know, I've heard, so I call myself, I typically call myself a confidence coach when I'm not like fully describing what I do. And I've had some interesting experiences with the word confidence i've had people tell me well i don't need confidence i've also yeah that that one was interesting because for me confidence means really truly loving yourself and embodying your light and magic uh don't we all need that's how we started out this conversation Wait, um, the yeah yeah um i also remember hearing a podcast where someone was describing himself as he was like i'm not very confident And I look at those people who are totally confident and they know they just don't care what other people think. They're super confident. And I was like, that's not the way he phrased it. It wasn't in terms of like not caring about other people's opinions. It was actually like the way he phrased it made it sound like a confident person just does whatever he wants. Basically, a confident person is narcissistic. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting interpretation of the word. I had never thought of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Kind of like if you're confident that that means you're a total jerk.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. how I heard what he said.
1: Yeah. And like you don't think about other people um, and you lack empathy. I mean, that's, that's what a narcissist is. Somebody who doesn't have empathy. Somebody who doesn't have compassion and somebody who's very self-centered and, and is arrogant right? Mm. So there's a difference. Um, here we are wordsmithing again, but like, I think there's a real difference between confidence and arrogance. And I'm sure that what you do as a coach doesn't even come close to approximating, encouraging your clients to be no. arrogant. No,
0: no. So I think, it, I think like here we are geeking out on words and that's what everyone else is doing too. When they hear you're a power coach for women and they cringe, it's because their own associations with words.
1: A hundred percent.
0: I a few, maybe last year, I was going to use the word hustle, anti-hustle in some of the copy on my website. So I asked the people in my Facebook group, what does hustle mean to you? I had like 20, let's say 20 responses. 10 people said they love hustle. It means flow. It means ease. It means like abundance. 10 people said, Oh, hustle is negative. It's forcing, it's pushing, it's grinding. For me, it means that negative. I have that ne- negative connotation for it. But what I learned from that exercise is, oh, am not going to use that word because apparently people aren't clear on the meaning of it.
1: Yeah. And it's, and because I want people to be a- attracted to me as my clients and because I want to make money at this business, this is my full-time gig. Um, I do, I have certainly reconsidered and played around with what to call myself, but I can tell you that whatever evolves in my business and whatever I might be calling myself a year from now, because of my own development and because of my own, the journey that I'm on. And when you're an entrepreneur, you get to do this. I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, like, I think if you're doing what you're really passionate about, the gift of entrepreneurship is that you can allow your business to sort of reflect or mirror what, who you are in your life and the path that you're taking in your life. Um, And so a year from now or two years from now, who knows, maybe I won't be calling myself a power coach, but it's what, it's what I need right now. And it's, and it's the client who I really want to attract, who is someone who, so the name of my core coaching Program is Phoenix Rising. And I attract or want to attract, and so far am doing pretty well in attracting women who, at the prime of their lives, so we're talking like women between, say, 35 and 55, who are in the prime of their career, in the prime of their life, um, at the prime of their sort of family life, who Get completely and totally sidelined by a life-shattering situation and by a disempowering situation. So I work with women on four basically four main types of crises, and those are divorce, loss, um, injury or illness, and infertility. Um, And kind of lumped in with divorce is I also work with women who have been in abusive relationships. And these are women who are high achieving and their life is buzzing along. They're probably pretty overwhelmed, but they're also very blessed and have a lot, a lot going on in their life that's great. And then something really shitty happens. And before you know it, they're going through one to three years, typically, of utter effing hell. Um, And so I work with women who have done a good bit of healing from that kind of crisis and who are in a place where they're starting to get their mojo back. They're starting to reconnect with their awesomeness. They're starting to feel some power running through their veins after being very disempowered and feeling probably hopeless, depressed, um, and really yucky. would be the technical term, and they're starting to be ready to reinvent themselves and to stage a comeback, and so I help women to put the pieces of their life back together in a way that is super empowering, that 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 enables them to redesign their lives, to create a life that's better than what they've ever had, and part of the reason that it is better than what they've ever had is that Um, we explore the wisdom and the lessons that women have gained and learned from going through these crises. And we make sure um, that I help make sure that my client is integrating those lessons and that wisdom into her plans as she moves on and as she kind of bursts onto the stage again. Um, Because it helps ensure not only that her life is going to be amazing and incredible, but also that she's not going to repeat history. Like she's not going to sort of slip back into that kind of crisis, survival, disempowered zone. So it's important, you know, people have a tendency to understand what I do much better when I explain to them who I work with and you know my own background of going through a difficult backbreaking life shattering journey myself so then people tend to understand why i'm all about power
0: mhm it sounds like well the, one of the words that was resonating for me as you were describing the process you take these women through it sounds like a rebirth except that rebirth sounds like well you're uh, the obvious like being born again but it sounds like you're like going back to the beginning and you but what i hear you saying is like no 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 no. this isn't just like starting over this is taking a giant step forward and being who you're really meant to be
1: yes yes and yes it's so you're not necessarily you're not the infant being born You're the phoenix rising from the ashes and you're better for having, you're better for having gone through that awful experience. Like I came out of, so my phoenix journey involves divorce, um, separation and divorce. I went through a high conflict divorce. Um, meaning that we did not agree. There was disagreement about the divorce itself as well as disagreement about multiple issues involving the divorce. And it was by far, by way far, the hardest period of my life. And when I kind of started coming out of that place and was like kind of emerging from the ashes, I guess, and taking a look, I was super, super angry, Kelsey. Like I was, I was filled with more anger than I had experienced, like cumulatively up to that point. Um, so this, by then, the sadness had ended, had, end, had ended, and I was really pissed. Um, and then over time, what happened through self development, through studying my craft of coaching, through time and through grace i guess i'm not even really sure and 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 actually through the help of coaching colleagues of mine and friends of mine and mentors of mine i moved from a place of being pissed and angry to a place of gratitude and to a place of actually feeling blessed by what had by what transpired in my life despite the fact that um despite the fact that it was so freaking painful. And I had to take the narrative that I had for my own life. And, and the narrative I had for my life was completely busted open. And I had to sacrifice, like I, I sacrificed half of my time with my own young children and going through that, etc. Um, I feel gratitude for what I went
0: through. I'm curious, what's the difference in where you feel it in your body? Like that transition from sadness to anger to gratitude. Do you feel it in different parts of your body? Does it feel differently in your body?
1: I love that question. And I love that there are people who really know where they feel things in their body, because I have a hard time relating to that. It's not a kind of, I don't know if you'd call it a kind of intelligence or awareness that I've developed much. So while I know that there are people who would be able to answer that question right away, I'm not one of them.
0: I love the way you answered that. That was perfect. I want to shift it to more outward focusing for a sec. Cause I don't know where I'm going after this, but now I want to know. All right you are changing the lives of all these women. What's your big vision? Like you're going to continue changing lives for all these women. How are you changing the world? What is your impact on the world? I'm
1: thinking. The impact on the world is that When you change the life of a woman, you change the life, because women are so relational, and I'm not saying that this isn't true of men at all. I'm not excluding men here from this, from this picture at all. When you change the life of a woman and when you help a woman embrace her power, and celebrate her power and express her power and be who she fully is, embodying her power. It's absolutely beautiful and it's so transformative because not only do you change her life, not only only is she on fire and unstoppable and a force, hopefully good. I happen to believe that people are at, at their root good. So I don't want to go about unleashing powerful <laughs> monsters. <laughs> um, so I really need to think about that. Um, when you when you change and trans when a woman transform, transforms in that way and when I help to to help to make that happen I am also um, kind of by proxy changing the life of her children, her sisters and brothers, and the men in her life. Women are very relational. And they tend to draw toward them and protect and pass along to the people in their lives the qualities that they have in themselves. And the irony, the sad irony is that so many women, the majority of women put themselves last. And that's another whole topic, but it's true. And it's really sad. So if I can help a woman inhabit her power and be a larger and greater voice, not only in her own family, but also in her community, um, in her children's schools, in local institutions and then beyond that. I mean I read um, I read something earlier today about how about how it took a long time for there to be a women's room like in the chambers of, of Congress like in, in, in Congress you know like House of Representatives like a bathroom. A bathroom for women, yeah. A restroom for women and now with the record numbers of women who are in Congress, there are lines for for the bathroom for the women's bathrooms. And that's just, that's just so beautiful. Um, So how am I impacting the world? Um, My hope is to make the world a place where people are being their fully realized selves. People are not feeling limited, or trampled on, or disempowered. People are feeling like they can create and design their own lives and help other people do the same thing. And I think that with more women in power and having power, our world will be more peaceful and our world will be more relational and connected because that's the way that women tend. To express and inhabit power.
0: Mm. So it feels like you're not talking about a ripple effect. You're talking about like tidal wave action. Both. In a friendly way.
1: <laughs> In a friendly. It's just way. a
0: really big ripple.
1: Yeah, like a friendly and feminine <laughs> way. I think some of the reasons that women. Um, Feel uncomfortable about the word power and this is so legitimate so legitimate oh i mean any reason that somebody has two objectives to something well no i'm not a total relativist but anyway such a legitimate reason is that is that power and the power structures that that we've inhabited in this country and in lots and lots of countries around the world is patriarchal so i think a lot of women want to express their power in a way that that's different from that departs from the patriarchy, that departs from the ways that men have abused power, used power badly, or that women who't or that other women have used um, have used patriarchal power in a bad way because there are women who completely like buy into the patriarch the patriarchy that we live in. They perpetuate it by kind of buying into a more male dominated definition of power. And so I really relate to and agree with women who are like, Hey, this isn't the kind of power I want to inhabit. And that's totally cool. But to me, I don't think that means that we need to change the word power. I don't think that we need to like call it like hoo-ha or something. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: that's a really funny (laughs) Um, I'll tell you when we're done recording why that's funny. Um, (laughs) But I agree completely. And I think that's so funny. Like we can take back the word power if it, if we ever gave it up.
1: Yeah. We've always had it. The tragedy Mm -hmm. is that we don't, is, is that we don't necessarily know that we have it. And the, and, and just as much a tragedy is that, it just hasn't been recognized. Like the, tr- the the tragedy is that girls and women start unlearning their power and being distanced from their power, starting the moment that they're born. So yeah. like when I say every one of us is born with all the power we need, that's true. But the second that that people are born, and this happens to boys and men too, um, I have a son and I have a daughter and, and this happens with both genders. Again, at this time in my career, I'm I work with women. Um, and I think women are sort of wrestled, wrested from from their sense of themselves as being really powerful and really awesome and really full and really worthy. Um, and it happens to girls and women in um, in a much uglier way to some extent than it does to boys and men. And I say that because um, it's just statistically true that girls and women are um, overwhelmingly uh, more often victims of every single kind of abuse and violence that's out there. Which isn't to say that boys and men aren't. It's to say that women are disproportionately impacted by abuse and violence. It's just a fact. And it sucks. It's so not okay.
0: Yeah. I got nothing to say right now. Keep preaching, sister. (laughs) It sucks. Well, I guess that's the perfect time to wrap that up. (laughs) Because I have like a million more questions, but I feel like we'll go on for another hour. So we'll just do a second episode later. Great. How can people learn more about you? How can they work with you? How can they... Hang out with you, all the things.
1: Well, I live in Boston. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> wants to
0: Don't give yeah, your address, please.
1: <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants to come hang out in my living room, that's where it would happen. I live outside of Boston, like a mile away from Boston. Um, people can find me best on my website. My website is coachnikkibruno.com. So coach N I K K I B-R-U-N-O.com. And my website has a way to contact me directly. I'm also on Facebook. If you go into Facebook and you put in Nikki Bruno, I think my profile is like Nikki Bruno and the numeral two. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram, Nikki Bruno on Instagram. I'm active on social media, particularly, particularly Facebook. And I work with women one-on-one in coaching engagements of 12 months six months and three months and I also um, am developing group programs and Very excitingly this coming August. I am co-leading a retreat with my awesome colleague Melissa Maris She is a coach as well and the retreat is about setting and maintaining boundaries, which women really, really universally, I believe, need to learn how to do. Setting healthy boundaries, and even more important, enforcing them, and not allowing them to be trampled on. Um, The name of the retreat is, Hell Yes, No Way, Own Your Boundaries. And it's being held on a beautiful, beautiful property in New Hampshire, with a big old yoga barn. So we will be yogifying and we will be talking about what in our lives we are ready to say hell yes to, and what we're ready to say no way to. So that's happening August 2nd through 4th this coming summer. And um, spots are going to fill fast. There are spots for 16 women. So it's going to be intimate. It's going to be fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to do yoga and we're going to set boundaries. So that's coming up, and there's information about
0: that on my website. Awesome. Nikki, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for changing the world. Thank you for speaking your truth.
1: Thank you, Kelsey, and I'm, I thank you for all of those same things. I think you completely and totally rock.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group find your awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, KelseyAbbott.com and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the find your awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you friends. Go forth and be awesome.